Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey guys, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing out there? Back from a little hiatus. You know, mama needs a vacation over here and that's exactly what we did. And I feel like we did kind of a world road trip, you know, like uh, we were... We drove on down south to Florida to the beach and, you know, got totally sunburned and, um, you, you know, ate and drank and had the best time ever. Watched my little kids, little ki- two little kids and two big kids um, playing the waves. You know, there's nothing like the beach to me ever. I love it. I love the beach. Um, I love that I can stand and look at the ocean and know that I am just really not that big or important. And when I, when I see the power of God and what he can produce and what he creates, you know, my problems, my internal struggles, they just don't really seem that big. Um, I am so glad we serve a God that displays his might in creation um, when we sit back and really take it, take it in. Uh, we headed up to the mountains, Gatlinburg, which I don't know if you saw my Instagram post. I almost got eaten by a bear. Yes, I did. And that is going to be a fantastic sermon illustration one day. Uh, we, I, I was actually on the phone, had my back turned, thought it was my kids trying to get my attention, was having an important phone call. And was just frustrated that my kids were scuffling behind me and they were going to scare me. Turned around and came eye to eye with a thousand pounds black bear. <laughs> this is a true story, you guys. This is what your nightmares are made of. This is what happened to me. And I turned around. I was, I was on the phone and I said, um, can you hold on just a second? I'm staring at a bear. And the person on the other line um, was like, you're doing what? <laughs> Where are you? Um, but anyway, I lived, praise the Lord. And don't you know that's going to go on a sermon very, very soon. Probably write a book about it. The two minutes that I almost died by getting eaten by a bear. Um, but I didn't. I uh, had an awesome time in the mountains, another place where you can drink in how small your problems really are and see the vastness and the might of the Almighty and then headed to grandma's and you know, at grandma's, you know, I mean, does anything go wrong really at grandma's? I mean, sometimes yes, but uh, it was really good to go see my parents and spend some time with them who are 40 years strong serving the Lord. Uh, it's just an amazing testament to the faithfulness of God. So had a good break. Thank you guys for letting me go on break. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got a lot, uh, heard from a lot of you guys and you guys were saying, where are you at? Where's your, what, what's going on? Uh, I'm here, guys. I'm here, uh, ready to get back to work here. Have uh, some awesome shows for you guys this week. But I cannot even start on my content without saying Gangster Prayer. That's right. My book is entitled Gangster Prayer. I am wearing my T-shirt that says Gangster Prayer today. Will be released July 16th. July 16th. July 16th. Next week, we are going to do... 
every show next week about prayer. Why did I entitle it Gangster Prayer Autumn? Don't you know that's not holy? Uh, we've heard that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Get some freedom in Christ, people. Uh, but but I'm going to talk about why I entitled what got the wake up call that God really, it really shook me and convicted me in my prayer life. Um, and and just what what this book is sort of about and how it will chronicle I encourage you to to get it. Listen, not because I wrote it. Like if it was someone else wrote it, I would say go get it because prayer it's because of the subject of prayer. Um it is for those people that are frustrated in their prayer life. They don't they can't seem to get results from their prayer life. They don't feel like God is listening to them, talking to them um in their prayer life. Those that pray out of doubt rather than pray out of faith, which is a lot. Most of, most of the stuff in this book I did was doing wrong. Um so you can pre-order the book right now anywhere books are sold. It will be released July 16th. Next week we will be doing an entire week that is devoted to prayer. I am praying my team is praying for a prayer revival in our country, a prayer revival. And so I pray that that starts individually with each of us. Um, my team has already been greatly affected and we are bringing the, the, the effects that prayer has had on our life to you. We don't preach out of a place that we haven't had victory, and we we have seen miracles happen on our team as a result of prayer. So we're bringing that to you. Okay, let me segment segue segment into um, our uh, just theme of the day. Do you see no sign of God working? Do you see no sign of God working? You asked God, you've begged God, oh God, do this for me. You begging him, do this for me. I need this. You have a legitimate need. <laughs> there is a legitimate need in your life that you you are out of control over. You can, you um, you don't have the answers to. It is beyond you, and you are begging God to work in your situation. However, you are frustrated because you see no sign of him working. You know, this this trips Christians up all the time. Trips me up. Oh my goodness. Where when I know I have a legitimate need and God said, "Listen, rely on my might, rely on my strength, rely on my wisdom, rely on my intellect." And then I have a legitimate need and I pray and pray and pray and pray and pray over it, but he just seems to not be working at all or I tangibly cannot see with my eyes evidence that he is at work. This is for you today, guys. Um, I think the Christian world, a lot of times what we call a work of God, we, we throw this term around a lot. Um, I, 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 wow, look at that church is blowing up. That must be a work of God. That's a, that's a total work of God. Um, or wow, that ministry, that's a total work of God or wow, that, that is, you know, happening in this area of the country. That's a total work of God. And I think we, we get it wrong. Sometimes we say, wow, uh, that is a work of God when actually it's a product of God already working. You know, when you have a, a church, let's just take church, for example, because we all know church or we've been there and well, hopefully you've been there. If you haven't been there, go to church. It's a good thing. Um, but when you show up at a church and maybe it's Easter Sunday and there is, you know, a thousand extra people that attend your church, or maybe in some churches, there's a hundred extra people that attend your church and you look around and you're like, wow, God is 
working here. Well, the work has already been done, okay? The work was done when the pastor was on his face praying and begging God to utilize his life for his glory, and God started putting it in the hearts of people to attend that church on that Sunday. Do you understand what I mean? We are calling what what um, a, a work of God something that is actually a product of his work. Because there are a lot of times, most times in the scripture, that we only see the product of God working. We have no idea how he did it, okay? Let's take Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Um, We didn't, no one saw him. They saw the evidence of his resurrection, but no one saw him physically resurrect from the dead except the angels and, of course, course the Lord, Um, which is why they could address Mary and say, listen, who are you looking for? He's not here. He's risen just as he said. We saw a product of the work of the Lord. And this is where I think we are getting tripped up. If we don't see it with our eyes, we assume that there's no work happening. And one thing I want you to sort of tune your mind into today and tune your heart into today is that just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening, okay? Don't correlate the lack of sight to the lack of work, the lack of sight to the lack of activity with the Lord, the lack of sight to the lack of of, of of um, God producing something in the supernatural that we just don't see yet, okay? That is where I'm going to today. Remember, we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. By faith and not by sight. So if you are frustrated because you don't see anything, well, that's when your faith needs to come into play and you need to believe something is happening even when you don't see it. I mean, this is this is um this is good for like the Christian that just that just converted to Christ and this is good for like the 95-year-old that is like, "Oh my goodness, I need my baby to come back to Jesus. They've ran away from the church." This is good stuff. I'm going to take you to 2nd Kings today. 2nd Kings, I am obsessed with this passage of scripture. I probably preached on it myself 50 times. Okay. I I mean, I don't know. It's just one that always gets me because even though I'm in the ministry and even though I've seen miracles, my heart still grows weary and I am still so incredibly dependent on the word of God to get me through. Second Kings nine. I want to read this to you. Um, and, uh, uh, then I will make, make a couple of points for you. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they made a circuit for seven for a set of seven days journey. And there was no water for the army or for the cattle that followed them. Now, let me set this up for you. Basically, these three kings were um, were going on a journey to fight an enemy, and they went to fight, and they did not pack any water with them for themselves, for their army, and for the cattle. Now, I just went on a road trip for two weeks, and I get super annoyed at my husband a lot when we go on road trips, because every road trip that we take, he packs this cooler that is so ridiculously packed 
that I'm like, why? What are you doing? This is going to take up so much room in our car. And we have four kids anyway. And they're bouncing off the walls everywhere anyway. Why are we packing this cooler? And he replies to me and he looks at me as if he, I'm speaking a different language. And he's like, because we're going to be thirsty. And that makes so much sense. It makes me mad, right? So he packs this cooler. And in the cooler, he knows what I like to drink. I drink three things, okay? I don't really veer. I'm a pretty predictable person, even though whatever. I drink Dasani water, which, Dasani, you can pay me for this. Um, I drink Diet Coke. And, yes, I know there's carcinogens in Diet Coke, but I've drank it since I was, like, nine. And, you know, whatever. I'm still trucking. And I drink coffee. Those are the three things that I drink. So everybody knows that if you're with me and you have Dasani, water and you have a Diet Coke, mama's going to be happy over here. My babies drink apple juice. They're obsessed. It's like they probably bleed apple juice. I don't even know. Like they probably like we could call them Johnny Appleseed. You know, I mean, I don't even know. They drink a lot of apple juice. <laughs> OK. Um, and, you know, guess what? Some of it's not organic and we're OK with that. OK, we're not going to going to die on the organic sword. You know, give me anyway. Uh, I'm going to hear I'm going to hear someone's going to email me about that. My husband likes Coke Zero. My kids like Fanta, which is gross. It's like orange, an orange party in your mouth. And it's too sugary for me. But, you know, he makes sure that we have all of this stuff together in this cooler. And I'm, I, I get so mad at him all the time because I'm like, we've got to get to the destination. We've got to make it. You're spending five minutes packing a cooler and we can just stop at 7-Eleven and like get a Slurpee and some water and we'll be good to go. And he always stops me very practically because he's a practical thinker and says, um, we're going to get thirsty. Well, I wish my husband was along for the ride when these kings uh, left for the circuit. Um, There was no cooler with Dasani water and Diet Coke. Um, No one even reminded them, which, I mean, who are they paying to assist them? They should at least said, hey, guess what? You guys need um, to pack some water bottles um, because you guys are going to need it on your seven-day journey. But they did not do it. They didn't do it. And here they are on the seven-day circuit. Let me pick it up in verse 10. Then the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord here? that we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. So here we go. These three kings are going, "Uh uh-oh, we've left, we're thirsty, we're going to die, we're going to perish. Eddie Miles was in there packing us the cooler of water. Um, We need now... An act of God. This is life and death. We're not going to make it on this journey. And we're certainly not going to be able to defeat the Moabites if we don't have nourishment for our bodies. I got an idea. Let's ask for a prophet of God. Maybe he will have an answer. And let's let's go ahead and move forward. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him, Elisha. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now, Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? I love Elijah. He is like a gangster. He's like, what do you guys, what do you want? What do you guys want? I feel, I feel you, Elisha. Sometimes I've, I think that. Uh, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said to him, no, 
For the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Basically saying, we left without uh, water, but it's the Moabites' fault uh, that we're going to die. Totally ridiculous. Like, take responsibility there, uh, king of Israel. Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives, whom before I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. (laughs) Gangster. He said, listen, I hear what you're saying, but I don't see you. But I do know my buddy Jehoshaphat over here. So I'm going to listen to you. I'm I'm, going to listen to your need. He said, bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of trenches. So here comes the hand of the Lord. God's going to hook these brothers up. Okay. Uh, The hand of the Lord is saying, listen, make the valley full of trenches that you're in. For thus says the Lord, you shall what? Not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. And then Elisha puts a nice little bow on it. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. I want to stop there before I proceed um, just with reading the rest of the passage, because I do think it's it's super important that we uh, we, f- we follow up with the end of the story. Um, here we have God. And he says, listen, there is something that you need to do. Go out and make the trench, okay? Or go out and do what I have put in your heart. Now, once you make the trench, you will not see God work. You're going to want to see it. You're going to wonder about it. You're going you're gonna to want to know the how behind how he is going to deliver us. You're going to desire it. Your flesh is going to uh, probably be very incredibly anxious while you're waiting for these trenches that you have dug to be filled with water. You're going to doubt. You're going to... You're going to falter. You're going to be confused. You're going to be frustrated, but it is not going to change faith. You will not see God working. You will not see wind. You will not see rain is what the Bible says. You shall not. Yet, it doesn't matter what you see with your eyes. The valley will be filled with water. Just going to let you sit on that just for a second. We think that we have a right sometimes to know, to have um, internal insight as to how. But God doesn't promise us to see that. That's not something that he's willing to give up his supernatural ways. And let me tell you something, even if he did tell you how, you would question that too. Even if he drew drew you a roadmap on your hand, 
uh, you would question that too. Well, God, you know, so-and-so has not come by and it's six o'clock. Now, where are you at? Uh, You would question that too. Even if God told you specifically how he was going to do it, you would question that too. But he doesn't want to tell you. He wants you to trust him with the how. The only thing you need to know is that he will do it. He will do it. And here's what I find in our Christian world today is we are getting so tripped up in the how, so tripped up. How are you going to heal me? How are you going to make me have a baby when you have closed my womb? How are you going to give this opportunity to me? Who is going to call me? And you don't need to know how. You just need to trust the who that is said that he is working on your behalf. You will not see, not see, not see, not see, rain. You will not see the wind. But when you wake up in the morning, I guarantee you that valley will be filled with water. He goes on to say this, this is but a slight thing in the hand of the Lord. This has always got me because this is a slight thing in the, the eyes of the Lord, the hand of the Lord, but this was not a slight thing to these three Kings, the armies that came with them and their cattle to the Lord. This, this was slight. It was easy. It was simple. It was a nothing. To the kings, they were probably hours from death. Dehydration. They were feeling it. They were weak. Think of your mouth as, as, uh, you know, I mean, I'm obsessed with Dasani water. I drink a lot of bottles of it a day because I just, I need a lot of water and I can taste in my mouth. My mouth is getting dry and I need to refresh myself. So just, just understand just physically where this is not a Bible story. This is, was actual a life and death need to these Kings. And you today may be facing just that a life and death need. You know that this report that God said that they're going to heal. It is a life and death need. You know that if your son or daughter doesn't come back to Christ, it is a life and death situation. You know, if that addiction does not stop, it is a life and death situation. This is a life and death situation. Um, this side of glory, but to the Lord is a slight thing in the hand of the Lord. You will not see but you will see what I do in the supernatural when you're frustrated and confused eventually because his word does not fail us. I felt the spirit of God on that today. You can tell I've had a break. I'm feeling really feisty today. They go and they dig a bunch of trenches. Okay. Um, And imagine that like even, even um, you know, sometimes when we're weary When we have a need, God still says work, do the work. God could have filled them all up with all their bodies up with water and they wouldn't even have to do anything. I mean, God could have just, you know, pumped a IV of the Holy Spirit in them and they would have been filled full of water. No, he still made them work. 
sometimes we're at the point of, of, wow, I really feel like I could give up, but we just need to press in just a little bit more. Do you, do you actually trust? Are you actually, you know, sometimes God wants to take us a little bit deeper, even when we're famished and we need the water and we need the life giving refreshment that he says, you know what, I'm going to ask one more thing of you. You're going to trust me in this one more thing because they did have the option not to dig the ditch. And yet they dug it anyway. And guess what? When they got up, verse 20, it happened in the morning about the time of offering the sacrifice that behold, water came by way of Eden and the country was filled with water. Now all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them and all who were able to put on armor and older were summoned and stood at the border. They rose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water and the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red blood. Then they said, this is blood. The kings have surely fought together and they have slain one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites arose and struck the Moabites. So they fled before them and they went forward into the land, slaughtering the Moabites. Guys, let me tell you something right here. God has a way of working where we cannot see. And once we see the product of his work, it doesn't even meet our need. It meets multiple needs of those around us. I want to encourage you today, those that are struggling with the fact that you cannot see evidence of his work just because you can't see it does not mean that my God is not running, chasing, fighting for you in the supernatural. I want you today to commit to trust in what you cannot see. So when he brings it into your sight, you will praise him all the more. Love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on The Autumn Miles Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.